Welcome to Have You Seen This, the podcast about obscure, overlooked, and misbegotten cinema. All discussions will be spoiler heavy. You have been warned. Welcome to Have You Seen This? I'm Jennifer Albright. And I'm Tim Heiderich. And I'm Brooke Bryson. Brooke, how did you get in here? It's such a good question. I got in here because I introduced this film to you guys. And by the way, I just want to say thank you for having me. This is my first time on the show, my first time on any podcast. We've never even met this person before. Well, you've met me. Well, you well you met me through my proton proton you, mail web web account. Yeah, we, you I was using us. web TV to browse the internet. It was the first time we got an email from a proton mail account oh, that stood out. We all go back from the chat room days. Oh, hell, the pro- we, prodigy chat room. We days. go back to BBS, not to Usenet da- days. Yeah. Not, not to date ourselves, but yeah. uh, I remember you from alt dot binary dot non binary. Well, these days, yeah, where you the two thousand year old man, ladies and gentlemen, Brooke Bryson. Here I am, Brooke Bryson. Well, I'm very excited to talk about this film. It is truly, truly an undiscovered gem. It's so undiscovered. It is sitting through at least three different geological layers of the Earth. Yeah, literally. Metaphorically speaking. If you subtract the cast and crew, such as they are, literally only four people have seen this movie. Very, very possibly. Although there are on Amazon two reviews. But the thing is, as we've Written discussed, by you. The f- well, no, there I are more people, yeah, there are <laughs> more people at the no, Last no, no. Supper. Than Written I've seen by this you movie. and your sock puppet. You know that I keep my internet footprint to be a zero, which is why I'm on Proton Mail. Right. But um, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm do tour for all my web browsing, everything. It's dot that's onion, smart. It's dot onion really all the way, because you yeah. know what's at the center of an onion? Nothing, and that's yeah. what I prefer to be. But anyhow, um, <laughs> find yourself chasing a phantom. This film, Romeo and Romeo, is also known as Romeo. Yes. And is also known as my LGBTQ film. <laughs> and it was directed by a, a, an auteur who himself goes by several uh, well, yes. nom de plumes, I Directed guess. by Jaden Taylor, okay. copyrighted to Tyler Bradley, which I'm assuming is the same person, and who now goes by in his social media handles, Peyton Lake. I mean, it came up mysteriously. I was on Amazon Prime looking for something to watch. Mm-hmm. came up as a suggestion for me watched the trailer knew I had to watch it I love that this was suggested to you well, like just, what it, does that say about your viewing it habits? knows me it knows me <laughs> the and, singularity uh, is here oh, I think I was because I was looking at some other trailer for another movie it was like movies like this or like I don't know how but it was amazing and I watched it two times in three days and then on the third day after I was telling everybody they had to watch it it was gone it had ascended it had ascended it had and had moved to the Elysian Fields. I don't know where it went. Couldn't couldn't buy it on Amazon. Amazon said that there's a that the the the, the owner of the content is not allowing us to sell this. And I couldn't find it. I even tried to locate uh, Jaden Taylor on on Twitter. Couldn't didn't respond to any of my DMs. And uh, doesn't appreciate a DM slide. But I, which... I held out hope I would check various groups to see if someone had pirated it. Yeah. No, no, no luck. He's a bit of a social media chimera. This guy. Uh, yeah, very much so. And then eventually, as luck would have it, about three weeks ago, I was just searching for it, and and it, there was a, it led me to a Facebook post saying my movie is now up for free on YouTube in two different versions: the NC17 version and the unrated version. I had only seen the NC-17 version, if you will, though it wasn't rated by MPAA because no one has released this. This is a homegrown Kentucky Outdoor film. Yeah, I don't believe that this has yet been submitted to the MPAA. It's unrated. (laughs) It's like Girl Next Door. Well, I mean, there's a NC-17 version, quote-unquote, but I do not believe that that is a marker handed down from no. any official body. No, right. That, that's a sort of like, you know. But it is an accurate label for reasons that we'll soon get into. Yeah. yeah oh, if, we'll uh, get there. Yeah, it, it earns the NC-17 for sure. And that with well, the unrated and the unrated. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, do we want to keep people in suspense for that? Do we want to wait till we get to that epic sex scene, or do we want to wait? wait which one? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like... Yeah. <laughs> No, seriously. If you thought well, maybe the, we can... if you thought the sex scenes in the room were something to behold, you, brother, you ain't seen nothing yet. And these are well, three times as long. Like, yeah. Well, have I mean, you maybe you have can... you ever seen Tommy Wiseau's hard cock? No, in the in shower. A scene? Yeah, but no, we, we have you seen. 
But we have seen the director's hard cock. We have seen Jaden Taylor's in this movie. Well, maybe we can back now, it up and just talk the tip, about the auteur himself, who well, really is at the crux of all this. Before we get into that, I would like to let the audience know um, the way to find this movie. Again, it's on YouTube. But let me read to you how the auteur tells you on his Instagram page to find it. My hashtag gay, hashtag L- LGBTQ film, hashtag Romeo and Romeo, that hashtag doesn't work because there's an at and sign mm-hmm. Hashtag Romeo. Is on hashtag YouTube, hashtag free, hashtag free watch, hashtag watch, fr- watch free, hashtag unrated version, also hashtag sex, and hashtag nudity. Search Romeo and Romeo Peyton Lake gay movie. Hashtag feature, hashtag full movie, hashtag free. I would just like to state <laughs> the fall fo- Now, I've, I've learned more about Jaden because I, I believe that he is a, he is a raw talent that... Oh, absolutely. Is, uh, like, that, and that's the thing is he can't ever know. I hope he never finds this. Not because <laughs> I'm, a, I'm worried about the opinions, but because... Certainly not because you're masquerading under a pseudonym. This is a diamond that should not ever be cut. This is, it should never be polished or cut because it's perfect as it is. And I feel like if anybody ever points out anything, as we will be doing, yeah. it'll ruin it. So, Jaden Taylor, if you have found this podcast, do not listen to it because your talent is perfect as it is. You're doing everything right. Don't change you are, a thing. Do not change a thing. If you continue to listen, it might all vanish. And yeah. I am do telling you that. Do not change a hair on your head. Continue to bleach. The problem the is he continues head. to change the hair on his head as he posts all the <laughs> Don't time. Don't continue to change that postage stamp soul patch. No. The thing is, he, he also is recording. He, do, he does music, and you can mm-hmm. find that on Spotify as well under Jaden Taylor, the not under Peyton gift. Lake. Yeah. And it's... He's a, he's a polymath. Mm-hmm. His recording methods extend, uh, are similar to his filmmaking style. <clears throat> it, it is... Idiosyncratic. It is kitchen sink, but without a manual. <laughs> filmmaking that I, I don't even know it's like um, it definitely does describe it yeah it's like maybe if a bunch of if somebody like a bunch of people it's like burn, I don't Burning Man filmmaking yeah <laughs> like, it's like not knowing anything about it not understanding film theory just saying I want to make a movie going out and doing it and not even underst- like bothering to understand just throwing it out there yeah and and and, and it, like, oh. my experience too is of just being wrapped with this movie because it it it, it fails and explores film in like such an unusual novel way like it, it's a bad movie of a kind I have not seen before it's so bad that the techniques in it are come across as avant-garde yeah that, that if in the hands of someone who knew what they were doing would actually be interesting right and let's be clear that is a rare thing these days it is, that's what this, i'm saying yeah this purity kind of, of vision yes this kind however of however blinkered yeah this kind of shining ineptitude which is totally sincere i mean we live in the era of sharknado versus oh this Sharktopus. is i would take a million romeo and romeos over one oh absolutely Sharknado. there is no there is no irony none yeah and, it and is a hundred percent sincere and, and it's wonderful and part of what people have explained to you about like what makes because you invoke sharknado what makes True. a bad movie like really enjoyable is the sincerity behind it it's someone yeah. like tommy wiseau thinks that he's making a sympathetic all-american character um who is you know wronged by by backstabbing duplicitous people and he sees it as this tragic story but it's not well told or well executed yep yeah but now now he's versus like sharknado where it's just like we're gonna make a a stupid movie for a bunch of rubes and who really cares if it's any good and that insincerity it it really takes the wind out of the sails of any kind of you know bad movie uh bona fides i want to say and unfortunately now a filmmaker like tommy wiseau he's in on his the joke yeah. So yeah. all the follow-up stuff I've seen, it's it's lost all of its charm. Because once he realized that he couldn't do anything about people laughing at his movie, he just went with it. Yeah, he, he, I mean, fair turn play. Into a skid. Um, well, um, B. Reeves Eason, can we describe the plot of this movie? Oh, I can in a heartbeat. Because <laughs> you're you're currently the foremost expert. 
four people may yeah. have seen it, but I've seen it four times. Right. Yeah. So here, here is this is this is as far as I can make of it. It starts off. Zach Lawson is a mega pop store with one billion records sold, as we are told by an amazing montage. A billion. A billion records, and there's a fake mock-up of a record. Like of a music trade magazine, and that's how we know that exposition. One Zach Loss and one billion records sold. Something has happened. We don't know what yet. He has fallen into disgrace. His mental state is terrible, as we are told, and he is living in a trailer now in his hometown, and just has been off the map for five years because of this epic breakdown. His mother shows up, Sherry, in a biker costume, tells him his roots are terrible, says, oh, I'm worried about you, Zachy. I'm worried about you, Zach. Uh, He then, in order to shut her up, yells at her a bunch, tells her, I will never go to lunch with you, but then says, okay, fine, I will go to lunch with you. I will get into his acting in a minute. Let's just go. I'm going to coach. I go basic with the plot. Yeah. So then eventually he's going to rehab and he meets this guy named Chase. Who's an author. Who's an author. Who's like, oh, rehab sucks. Come. I can drive you somewhere. And then Zach is mistrustful. But again, to get him to shut up goes with him. And then Chase drives him to his house. Zach thinks Chase is just trying to fuck him. Because, I mean, who wouldn't? Because who wouldn't? Yeah. And big deal you would stuff. definitely want to break off a piece of that if you but, came across But then we it. get these flashbacks of Zach with his old boyfriend, Trent, who's a real bro. And and then he's got a friend named Lacey and another friend named Jess. And then lots of things happen. And it turns out Chase is really a guy named Max Tisdale who wrote a tell-all book exposing the accident with Zach, Trent has the original boyfriend has disappeared for years, has come back into his life, and then so has Jess come back into his life, and then we Chase a, a recreation of the accident too. Oh my god, we find out what happened. We there. do. We event. We ultimately find out that yeah. he supposedly got drugged up and got into an accident that killed a kid, but it turns out he wasn't. They staged it. No kid died, but for some reason this was sealed in the police report, and Trent was bribing the cop, but then he stopped bribing him, so the cop. It makes no sense. It's the yeah. Jesse Smollett story. And then ultimately yeah. we discover that that Zach finds out that Chase <clears throat> is the author after they have sex in an epic sex scene. Yeah. And Zach feels betrayed, but then Trent tries to kill Chase's mother, Chase, Zach's mother, Lacey, and Jess. And then Zach, oh no, maybe Jess saves the day, but Zach saves the day and they clobber. Trent on the head mm-hmm. and then it's revealed because he unseals the police report that he didn't kill a child so he gets his career back a year later his mother ends up dead who was a lesbian with his best friend Lacey or one of his friends and there was then, like a 45 year year age difference yeah. by the way and then we the we see an amazing his comeback music video which we then see in its entirety but before that we find out that Chase was actually orchestrating the accident and paying off Trent and going by under the pseudonym of Bridget which is really only introduced in the last five minutes of the movie and then we see the music video and then we're done that's what's great because well, um, we have credits and a music video and an epilogue well you have the music video after and the, oh well, that's right before the music video right we yeah. have the epilogue a text epilogue yes and that's what's so great about the ending is because you get you know the happy ending and then the movie's just like psych Here's a brick of oh, text. Yeah, I What's, think he wrote himself into a corner. He's like, we need a sequel to this. We need a sequel. And it says, like, <laughs> Zach... Oh, Zach has been manipulated. Something like Zach's been more manipulated. He's now in a mental institution, and his mental state is ev- even worse than before. Who would do this? Question mark. Yeah. Um, and I should neglect... Uh, so his mother dies in the year break when he gets his career back because she has cancer, which is oh, for yeah. some reason a plot point. That's right. And then she appears in the <laughs> premiere of the video which is the final scene as a ghost which it took me on the second or third viewing to realize that she was a ghost I was like who is this weird woman yeah because in white with, like, a, a ghost white in, like, makeup a and, ghost like you would find at a haunted house yeah white like, makeup and like diaphanous clothing and then she's commenting on things and no one's hearing her and then smiling it, proudly upon her son well the yeah. woman who plays the mother she starts off looking like a biker a biker dyke she goes through quite a, a costume and then gets change. a bit of like a slutty makeover and then gets this like ghost makeover and it's just 
But even before that, Halfling. there's a point where he goes to meet his mother in a in a location we haven't seen before, and she's dressed completely differently from how she was, and were it not for, like, the mole on her forehead, mm-hmm. I wasn't even <laughs> sure that this was the same person. She is a chameleon. She's a shapeshifter. She's a changeling. Yes. Every scene she's in, she looks all different-ish. She, oh, there's the Catholic schoolgirl look. Yeah. Like, randomly that she's in in one scene. I'm, this is definitely a movie where the cast brought their own clothes to the oh, show. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and and let's so we should probably talk about Jaden's acting style. Yeah, because that's a, a summary, but it's a very dry summary. Every of a, single of line rich... is delivered like this. And every single line, he is yelling at somebody. And it's, what the fuck, what the fuck are you doing here? Hello? And that is, <laughs> I am not exaggerating. No, Those... he isn't. Yeah. Because every scene... This is the most hormonal the... teenage girl performance. The first five... No, I would say the first five or six scenes are played like he is just zooted to the gills on Adderall. I, it's just he's just a hair trigger angry at everybody. Understandably so, he sold a billion records and his career's gone. Yeah, but then he has literally sold more records than Elvis, the Beatles, and ABBA combined. Oh my god! And there's like the one moment where he does tone it down when it's revealed that Chase is really Max, the guy who wrote the book that ruined his life, and he 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 takes it down like, well, I was falling in love with you, I slept with you. That's an exact quote. There's so many good lines. It's scary how good you are at the Thank voice. Thank you, because yeah. I've seen it so many times. And, well, and, and plus, like, his personality, too, he's, like, adamant and histrionic against, like, everyone. He's combative, to say the least, with everyone he meets before eventually capitulating <coughs> at the end of the scene. And he's going constantly along. trying to get people to leave his front porch. Well, one of my favorites is, you know what? I will go with you. I will go with you, but not because I want to, but because I don't remember even what his reasons are. Yeah. It's just like... <laughs> People come to visit him, and he was, again, adamant against letting them in until the end of the scene. He's like, okay, you can come in. But he has, like, a balletic grace when he moves. He clearly has some dancing training or a dancing background. Yeah. He'll, like, move, and I, you, there's no video here, but my wrist just did this very elegant thing. Yeah. He'll push people in an elegant way. He'll pour coffee on people's heads in an elegant way. I it's, feel as though... The director is a really big Britney Spears fan and has been for oh, many years. absolutely. I'm sure that he practices her routine in front of a mirror at home. And 100%. Yeah. I mean, I also feel like... so he carries himself with that same poise that is not really earned. So but. let's talk a little bit about the beginning. Just okay. even the opening credits. The font is like a Claire's shopping mall <laughs> font with like pink and it's very bubbly. He's credited a billion times over photos of himself younger. Younger. Yeah, no, it's a montage of baby photos. It starts with baby photos and then we get caught up to his current self. Then it like starts in and the sound is extremely, extremely low. You got to turn it up and up and up and up. And then when you finish, think you've turned it up enough, you turn it up a little bit more and then you can hear it. And like... He shirtless. He starts off. He shows his ass a lot in the beginning, and he's na- oh, he's got a great tattoo on his side that says "fuck off," which really sums <laughs> yeah, up. That tells you everything you need to know. About the everything character. you need to know. And he's got a beard. He looks kind of like Ariel Pink. Yes, um, <laughs> but the gay version. Yes, right. they both look like they smell like ball sweat. I thought yeah. he looks like Tim Minchin. <laughs> yeah, like a gay. Yeah, like really well, he also looks flamboyant. like the designer slash stylist Brandon Maxwell, who is now a host and ju- or a judge on the new Project Runway, and it's really creepy. They have the same accent, even, and it's and mannerisms. <laughs> but Kentucky uh, boys. Well, he's from Texas, Brandon Maxwell, I guess. Oh. But it's a southern thing. But uh, so, and the music, the song that we are treated to in the opening credits is one of his own compositions, and the the, the mixing is in it's like. It is mind poison. It's kind of like if Ariel Pink didn't know what he was doing. That's why I feel like it's such a good comparison. Well, because yeah. you know how Ariel Pink will do, like, he'll mix everything to make it sound like it's on a cassette that's been yeah. sitting, riding around in your car for a year and a half. Um, this is more a case of where if you, if you said to this person, you know, the audio is really peaking, 
He'd say, oh, what does that mean? Well, and th- yeah. <laughs> He'll be like, don't you fucking tell me about my fucking audio. What the fuck? You tell me when you slave in the studio for fucking five. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> don't but- you tell me what my audio is fucking peeking at. <laughs> I think he wants to be Lady Gaga. I don't even know. But like, so, but what's interesting is that in a way, by mixing everything at the same volume in all channels at all times, it has this weird almost musique concrete kind of avant-garde John Cage kind of a situation going on. It's almost like maybe what like Kanye West wants and aspires to, but that Jaden has done. Yeah, he's locked it down. With no money and no training. You know, people say that Kanye is a genius. Like, Jaden Taylor is a far greater genius than Kanye. I think with the right marketing, Jaden Taylor would be regarded as a genius, if not more so than Kanye. Capital A auteur. Yeah, he's the real deal. Now, Let's talk a little bit about his, his film grammar and shooting strategy, which, <laughs> which involves yes, the, uh, like, the editing this in this. Editing and edited in iMovie. It is a, yes. Oh, yeah, 100%. Okay. Because there are weird The editing zooms. is a mind fuck. Oh, no. Okay. Let me tell you how he handles um, the coverage. in particular. Yeah, well, yeah, how he, how he handles coverage. Um... And I don't know that it's even an economic or time consideration. Oh, I think he just doesn't know how to use the software. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what he will do is, and this movie is, you know, it's kind of like um, the Star Wars prequels in that there are dozens of scenes of just two people mm-hmm. talking in a room, mm-hmm. simple, two-shot. Talking Well, in, talking is yelling at each yeah. other. Well, Yelling yes. at each other in a uh, trailer park double-wide, redressed as a diner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, it is often that same location is reused, but listen, no budge filmmaking. What do you right. expect? You know, yeah, like, hey. I wonder, do you think that this follows the Dogma 95 rules? Were there digital effects in it? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, in in a music part- video, there's fake lightning. Oh well, and, uh, and it does. Okay, never but mind. we have we haven't well, mentioned what he does for close-ups. Yeah, yeah. um, this, I, we I need got to get this very because because this is the biggest part of it. What he'll what he'll do is you know he'll have this simple uh, two shot of people talking. You know he'll have a close-up of a person, kind of like a medium close-up of a person sitting at a table, and then for like clockwork, you can predict it. Yeah, for the more intense close-up. It just zooms it in. It will zoom in. Not to that part of the screen. No, he doesn't. To frame, to correctly frame the person talking. It just zooms into the center because of the screen. Because he doesn't know that you can move the X and Y axis when you're <laughs> resizing a shot. He just punches in. It's like, that's done. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, I'm good. Yeah. And oh, this is fucking amazing. Yeah. What the fuck? And then it'll go in and out <laughs> with no motivation. And then there, oh, there's the scene where he, we fir- first meet Lacey, his confidant, yeah. <laughs> and it's this weird zoom she's into the one nowhere. She's abs, right? She's the one with the most amazing abs I've ever seen on a woman, and that includes China, God rest her soul. Right. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's almost like clockwork how it'll, it'll punch into... Oh, she co-wrote a, it and co-directed it, I think. She did? I think so. Okay, so she's, you know, the, is she the even puppet credited master. As such? She is. Maybe in co-writing. I think maybe she directed his scenes or I definitely see those two being just BFFs. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for cause, sure. Cuz we also the question came up too of like who is filming these explicit sex scenes? Ugh. Well, we'll get to those who, sex who scenes. Who drew the short straw? I think we should talk a little bit. But yeah, the the zoom in though, again, like you can almost predict it, saying oh, like, absolutely. "Oh, it's, well, it's been it's, twenty seconds." But and then it's the funny. editing is like it makes Michael Bay's shooting strat, like editing strategy, seem tame. Yeah, yeah, it's very, it's very disorienting and jarring. It to, again to the point, and this is so rare that it starts to, like we were saying. It starts to look avant garde. It's the same thing with the with the zoom in for the close ups, like. The composition is so artless mm-hmm. that it, it becomes beca- artsy. Yeah. Yes, it's a bizarre thing, it but is it is unreal. true. <laughs> it will beguile you. If this was like, um, like a, who's a, like a like a if Stan Brakhage had done this in yeah. an experiment, <laughs> if like Maya Maya Duran had done this, or like who's another like experimental filmmaker that does create like if Derek Jarman. Yes. Which is a good comparison as far as the queer filmmaking yes. situation. <laughs> if he had made this, you'd be like, oh my God, that is the work of an unparalleled, unbridled genius. <laughs> but 
But <laughs> we know that that's not the case because there are other. Ele- but see, but that's it's not just the editing and the resizing. It's also when it fades to a flashback. It first will fade to white and then dip in and dip out and then fade to red and then have a red wash and then fade out. But like yeah. in four different fade ins and fades outs to the point where you really think you're transported either to another dimension or you're losing your mind. And then the other great thing is the soundtrack. Because he doesn't understand that music can carry from one scene to a next and often take you to a place and bridge a scene. Yes. It's like, oh, I need music to cap the scene, but I'm just going to put it on for three seconds, completely hard drop it out into the next scene. If I'm cutting to another thing, like a scene that doesn't have music, it'll be no music. But we'll go to the flashback in red, it'll have the music. And more often than not, the music is his own compositions, and I think this uh, Lacey, and it sounds like they are recording it live in the room with bad miking, and they're just playing this like on, as the scene is going like a, on. Yeah, it's genius. <laughs> Utter, and it'll play for like three seconds and be out. It's, it's kind of like the same. This thing is making about, me want to watch it again really badly. I mean, I could watch this movie again any day. It is just a, an astounding yeah, they, movie. There are so many details to get caught search, up on. Search hashtag LGBT, hashtag queer, hashtag gay, hashtag, hashtag Romeo, Romeo. Ampersand Romeo. <laughs> can, I, can I give them a little taste of what one of the, the powerful songs, Fade to Red, sounds like? Please yeah, do. Yeah, let's <laughs> And if you think I'm exaggerating, I'm not. Very passionate. And this is the thing. When I first saw the movie, I was hoping this would be on Spotify. It wasn't. But now you can find it on YouTube. Just to listen to that version alone. And I think that's the thing. When you combine the music and how the music's layered in or not layered in with the shot choice, with the editing, with the fades, it creates this. um, I mean, what's his name from Mandy and uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow? What's the filmmaker? Uh, he's got a Greek uh, Papadopoulos, something, yeah. some Greek sounding last yeah. name. George Stephanopoulos. I feel no. like it aspires <laughs> to to put you in that other mindset that this movie just does. It's like I feel like it's what ketamine might do. I've heard that's a disassociative <laughs> effect. Could be, yeah. Um, Watching this movie is a dissociative experience. That's what I'm saying. Like you yeah, don't you, like instead of taking you, ketamine and maybe dying, watch Romeo and Romeo. Yeah, you really get dropped You'll into probably like, ke- like ketamine, this movie will cure your depression. Yeah. And, and then, you'll be done after an hour. There's now. also some interesting things. Like when they go to the diner, there's these random people who look like handsmaiden table people <gasps> or weird so, elves. Yeah. They're sitting over here. We they look never like, know what they yeah, are. Yeah. Like, they, it's like these a nun extras, who steals like a plate. Yeah, they look like they came from a Renaissance festival. If David Lynch were gay <laughs> and had. A different vision. If David Lynch were actually David Dakota. Oh my God. That is, <laughs> yes. And then put into like this body, Ariel Pink's body and Tommy Wiseau's kind of like, I'm just going to do Ego, it. Yeah. Yeah. Then this is this. You have this. He does and have a thing in common yeah. with Tommy Wiseau where he's like, no, you definitely need to see my ass many oh, times in this movie. Okay. So one yeah. of my favorite like things his, ever. Basically, like his mo- mostly falling apart acid washed pants too. Oh, like well, they're practically chaps by the end of the. We'll movie. get to that music yeah. video when we when, when he has the ultimate denim experience. Yeah. For us. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a scene that I particularly Order love. This, this is your favorite thing ever. <laughs> it might. He's like. Well, for, there's the one scene, of course, where he gets up naked and we see his ass and his kind of like doughy body. God bless him. I think he's lost some weight since. But no, he, I think it's. I think this is very positive that you see real bodies in this movie I mean, and he, also real chest acne. He's the gay mm-hmm. Lena Dunham. And the, and the fearlessness of showing his body and god bless him but oh well yeah Trent the boyfriend the, the, the bad boyfriend who introduced him to drugs and talks like this yeah bro what do you want bro but he's got the worst back knee that is and chest knee yeah. which is on full display during all their sex scenes there is a shower sex scene the, oh the first one we see that's where we see the tip of, of the director's erect penis yeah. yes and they are just, but you can, cl- it's clearly they're not I, attached. They're not fucking in that scene, but there is a later sex scene. Yeah, no, it, I think, I really think, because you know how everybody said about Don't Look Now that they're like, ooh, I think Julie Christie and Donald Sutherland actually did it on screen. Oh, please. I, I believe that there is actually unsimulated sex 
in this movie. I think so. Yeah, in the, the next second half scene. for sure. Yeah. What was that John Cameron Mitchell movie that had? A short Bus. I was yes, just thinking un- about it. That had real sex. sex. Yeah. Um, or so they claim. I believe it though. Like the, I. And Love had real sex. Gaspar yeah. Noah. Yes, yeah. I believe to the utter to the bottom of my soul that there is unsimulated butt sex. But in you this know, Gaspar Noah is a good thing to bring up because mm-hmm. I believe he brings his own film grammar, his own unique take. <clears throat> on how a movie is put together, shot, edited, and how a story is told that I've frankly never really seen anyone else replicate. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Jaden Taylor does the same in a very, very different yeah. way. Um, I think another thing to consider uh, about is the other uh, Max slash Chase slash Bridget. He has a concave chest. Yeah, that guy oh, weighs about 100 yeah. pounds soaking wet. Soaking wet. And yeah. he is soaking wet at one point where he gets mm. the coffee poured on him. Oh, oh yeah. my favorite scene, that's what I was talking about, yeah, right. where he gets a call from Trent <laughs> I won't meet you. Fine. I will meet you, Trent. Fine. And he hangs up and he reaches down and pulls out a dagger in a sheath. This long... And he pulls it out and then like whacks it around and then puts it and like gives up. Puts it down and storms out of the room. Cut to Chase having dinner with his mother, who could be from a John Waters movie, at the diner with, I think, the actress who plays Jess in a wig. And you hear, I'm so sorry, which I didn't know what was going on. I had to watch it three times to realize it was the mother saying it. But the mother talks like this. Oh, you're rotten again? Oh, God bless you. I'm so happy for you. Yeah, because we thought it was the waitress that said it. We thought it was the waitress. Here's your check. I'm so sorry. But I'm watching it. That scene I've watched like 20 times. Yeah. (laughs) I watched it on a loop because it is just, that is a highlight for me. There are sexier quote unquote scenes. There are more. Oh, my God. Well, I'll talk about my other favorite scene in a minute. But um, here's a menu. (laughs) I'll be right back with you. Oh, my God. Well, there's there's the part where something must have happened with the audio and Zach's mother comes at the door and um he's like he's like what do you want what are you doing here and then her answer is music coming out of her mouth like like intense music the only other person and i have seen that technique used in an art film which was matthew barney in craymaster 2 (laughs) someone calls up a guy a heavy metal guy covered in bees playing stuff and when he answers it's like hardcore death metal comes out of his mouth instead of an answer and it's very similar Hmm. i don't think Jaden taylor has seen craymaster 2 that was going to be my question so you think he's seen the craymaster cycle hit on he hit on an actual art film technique. Yes. Unwittingly, which is proof of genius. I agree. Yeah, definitely. And I also want to talk about, too, not just the, um, the content of that scene, but also how possessive Jadon is of his front door. Oh, yeah, get out of here. What are you doing here? What, like, the, what the fuck are you doing the, here? Not, but, like, the door specifically, like, he's the first one to, like, <laughs> invent it or something. Like, there's only, like, one door in the world. And he's like, you are not... Yeah. Touching my door. Like, I'm closing my door on you. So many scenes involve <laughs> him telling people to get out of his doorway. Yeah. Many, yes. like six. Now. I don't mean to brag, but my place has a door and a doorway. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Well, it's Jaden's door. Oh, it's Zach well, okay. Lawson's okay. door. He, he invented that. So, See, how much of this do you think was improv? I think it was, I, oh, I don't know. Because for I such a, a lot convoluted of it was plot, yeah. I think the basic plot was, but I think they improvised all their scenes. So he was reading about Mike Lee. <laughs> and he was like, yes. I don't think he knows who Mike Lee is. <laughs> he sat... And don't don't find don't out who he is. If you're he sat with all the various actors. They spent... They, it was like they were playing Vampire the Masquerade. They, they created this character, mm-hmm. you and know? And they did it. Well, yeah, they embody these characters. It's very authentic performance. Yeah, it's almost like these are real people playing themselves. I think it's yeah, a segue into his head and his fantasy. Like, for example, once he gets his career back in the end, we cut to an interview. <clears throat> uh, oh my yeah. god, this interview! Theoretically, with like a like a like a interview, and it's like the way we find out that this interview has been going on a while is the woman who looks like a six year old woman in like a sheer tube top with a bra underneath. <laughs> Who says, well, Zach, it has been so nice talk having this conversation with you for the last hour and a half. Is it a leopard print bra? It's a leopard yeah. print, yeah. Of because interviews yeah. with artists go on for an hour and a half. Yeah. They're aired on, for that long. On public access. And I think it's no supposed less. to, well, yeah, because it looks like public access from the 90s. I think it's supposed to look like it's on, like, a music channel or something. Yeah. You know, because yeah. she's got the funky outfit and they have, um, the way that they did the backdrop is they just took some, um, yeah, there's like the wooden canvas. Yeah. 
yeah, like yeah. A, and like, a and like folding colored screen. in with sharpie. Yes, yeah, they colored markers. they colored a funky pattern in with markers. And then he's got his hair straightened because he's back in pop star look. And he he at one point like turns to look into the camera that you're supposed to look into, but they cut to the different angle where he's not actually looking into the camera for a minute. <laughs> and he gives this heartfelt speech. It's one of the one brief moments where he's not histrionic. Yeah, yeah. Where he's not yelling aggressively at you. He's just talking. To you. Finally, some straight talk. It's I, like, you know, it's like when, you know, Kevin Smith finally opens his mouth at the end of Clerks. Oh, God. Give me I'm a dropping some knowledge. <laughs> I would take a million Romeo and Romeos over over one Clerks. Yeah. Any any any, any Kevin Smith for me. But, <laughs> but um, wow, it was like a wonderful thing. To, oh, oh. So his so, moment of sincerity. Yeah. It's called Romeo and Romeo. But that really has nothing to do. They keep on saying, like, oh, you're going to find your Romeo. But it's like they don't know that Romeo and Juliet is a tragedy, which involves, like, death death and, and like, suicide. it's not a good thing to find your Romeo because that leads to death, essentially. <laughs> but in the scene where his ex has cornered everyone at gunpoint in someone's apartment, because it's easy to shoot in someone's apartment that you already own uh, or you're already living. And, and after that whole situation is resolved, then what is it? His stepmom is like, oh, Romeo finally found his Romeo. Oh, it's Chase's mother. Oh, you yeah. found your Romeo. Yeah. And she talks like that. She sounds, oh my God, there's a scene where she's pushed down onto the ground by uh, Zach's mother and she's just screaming like Edith Massey wanting eggs in <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the two of them do not get And she's along. a former alcoholic, and then there's like a flashback where she's dressed like fucking Stevie Nicks yeah. at the height of her like witch phase, which is always in a bathtub screaming, ah, what the fuck are you doing? And, like, and it just comes out of nowhere. Um, it's implied ugh. that quite a few people um, in this social circle have a, had a drug have problem. Have had or continue to have drug problems. And it's just like, where is this Romeo plotline? Like, why? Like, you found your Romeo, okay? But like, but it didn't seem like this was the thrust of it. Well, no, no. I mean, this was um, this was an aborted mass murderer that per, got averted. Perhaps the tagline of the film, mm-hmm. as listed on IMDb, will clear up the thematic content. The tagline is LGBT film. Well, really, that yeah. it is, and it does not show a single straight relationship. There is the gay relationships, there's the lesbian relationships, the yeah. intergenerational lesbian, lesbian relationship. relationship. Which yeah. is really why we're talking about this film, because it's on, it's it's so important. Yeah, representation you know? is important for, like, auteur lunatics to get their voice heard. <laughs> there's just so many moments. To, like, there's a moment in the beginning where his mother's dressed like a biker, and she reaches, she, like, is going to reach out to comfort him, and then she, like, pulls back, but is indicating so strongly. It's like... <laughs> I can't. You just have to it, see it, yeah. or like when it when, does. Never seen anything that ham-fisted. Ugh. He does make Todd Haynes look like he's directing Anthony Mann westerns. It is. It is the the queerest film I have ever seen. You know what? I would throw out Todd Haynes. I would throw out Derek <laughs> Jarman. I would throw out um, the guy who Bruce did Bruce Bidgood. Uh, the guy who did Weekend. Kenneth Anger. Fuck off, Kenneth. Get Anger. Get out of here, Kenneth Anger. <laughs> I wouldn't throw out John Waters because I feel like this is in the grand tradition. Oh, John, yeah. John, John Waters, if you're listening. Watch this. You need to see this. You need to see it because it's like John Waters is one of those few who I actually think can do camp. Yes. Self-aware camp. Yes. Which is a, an amazing skill. Um, but like. Oh well, God. because with I think that with John Waters, there's there isn't like ironic detachment or kind of being arm's length from the strange well, people who populate his yeah, films. I mean, you've got to own what is your presented. Like, well, that's, that's the thing. John Waters did those things he did in the in the like they were, yeah. they were, they were drug they were on drugs, they were stealing things, they were doing all this stuff. And the other thing too is he was doing something that was very purposefully subversive. Yes. Um and and you know uh, that's the thing is I actually don't feel like his late a lot of his later films live up Mm-hmm. to the majesty because there, it loses that punk edge in a yeah. way and that's what I think this has it has that I'm gonna make this movie and fuck you you don't fucking like my movie you can go fuck off hello <laughs> fuck get you out of my doorway you don't yeah. know me you don't know my fucking life get out of my fucking house who the fuck are you what the fuck and that is the way he says what the fuck we would say what the fuck 
What yeah, the like fuck yeah. <laughs> is exactly? And if I go hello, the emphasis is on the O, but his is on the H, huh, so it's hello. <laughs> it took me a while to master it, but I finally got it. God, some some of the other good lines. And with like, multiple viewings, multiple viewings, you can as well. Yeah, like even his own diction is just like off the map. It goes, and then there's the moment where he's yelling at Chase, and unfortunately, there's no video, so you can't see it. But he puts his hand out. <laughs> And he extends, splays all five of his fingers and leaves it there to linger. He like fans it out, says something really emphatic and angry and leaves it there for like a good 15 seconds. The hand yeah. silent. Before before spinning on his heel. And, before literally and, and badly spinning on his yeah. heel. Yes. It's like, a, it's like a bladed talk to the hand. Yeah, it's like, like his hand is a ninja star that has flown like, toward you and stopped. Oh, yeah. It's like Wolverine or like I don't know or or like uh, snicked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like a peacock fanning its feathers, yeah. except instead of in mating ecstasy, it's in it's in anger. Yeah, um, and respect because it is really hard to direct yourself. It is yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so as a, a, I, I know, I have some friends who have done it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the much maligned Darren Hurts, like, yeah. Who? Oh, he's a friend of ours. So, has he been on the show as well? Yeah, but but uh, people had issues with him. He's and a fucking we, asshole. Yeah, we ended up having to cut him loose. Well, unfortunately, yeah. I hate assholes. Yeah. But um, anyway, uh, Bryce, you were saying Brooke. Brooke <laughs> Sorry, Bryson. B. Reeves. You don't even know my name. <laughs> <That's crazy. laughs> Look, I'm a little bit like a Snowden, like an Assange, and we know what happened to Assange. And if people knew where I was or who I was, it would be problems. Yeah, better. Baron just, Trump, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. So that scene where he splays his hand and turns so balletically on a dime mm-hmm. also has when they're in the car, Chase is taking him, to Zach, to Chase's house. And Zach's very surprised, like, what? Okay, I'll go in your house. We'll fuck hardcore. And then, oh, my God, what is that? <laughs> well, fuck hardcore is yeah. one, a good line. I use that a lot. And um, no, He has a line about getting an STI. Yeah, yeah something about... He doesn't like, even emphasize, like, we'll, we, fuck, we'll hard- fuck hardcore is one word. Oh, that's another good one. We goes, hello, earth to slut. But this guy <laughs> hasn't demonstrated any slutty behaviors. What? Oh, my God. Just, the scene, I'm sorry, I'm, like, all over the yeah, map, but I'm buzzing. Yeah, because he assumes off, like, like, off the top Much of like head, the movie. Yeah. The scene where he's fishing through the ashtray for cigarettes that he stubbed out and <laughs> looking for one that has enough that he can, like, light. It's a small moment, but a good one. Yeah, and, and this is so... when he's hanging out in the park, and he just sort of inexplicably meets this other guy. Oh, and there's, and there's just a very like melancholy song on the soundtrack, mm-hmm. but it like disappears. Oh my god! And then the scene where when they're on the they're on the merry-go-round, and it's suddenly shot like actually almost a good shot where it feels like they're on a green screen, but it's like completely unwitting. Like the film quality footage goes from like that's not a terrible shot that mm-hmm. looks like an HD camera to like the grainiest surveillance footage type. <laughs> yeah, it was shot on someone's cell phone. Well, yeah. Yeah, because he keeps he keeps punching in to oh like the God. very middle of each shot. But it's not like he's shooting an 8K that you can actually get away and finishing in 1080. Resolution. Right? Yeah. What the fuck is what that? What the fuck? I don't fucking know. Why do I need to fucking know how to make a fucking movie? You need to have the the. You just need to be able to fucking point a camera, put on a good fucking performance, like, and I'm the director. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, what, there's another. You justify it. You just tell oh, you. To... So when Trent kidnaps, it has them all at gunpoint, and then. Zach finally come up, comes over to the apartment and there's off screen you hear Trent go come in do you guys remember that point <laughs> come in we don't see anybody say it and I, I had to watch it three times the first time to even like know that it had happened and it wasn't just my brain revolting from the mind poison <laughs> yeah. another Trent moment when he first knocks on the door and Zach's like go away get the fuck out of here he closes the door and you just hear please 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 but like a robot like he didn't <laughs> the actor so weird. the actor didn't say it I think Jaden looped it yeah please please Please, please. Well, you need to find audio of him saying please at some other point, just completely as, in different context. Just as he uses sampling, a form of cut up method in his song craft. Exactly. He is also using it in the soundtrack to his film. Uh, he's taking audio editor. He's taking a William Burroughs approach. You know what it is? To soundtrack. It's experimental jazz. <laughs> meets meets cut up technique where he's just like oh I'm gonna go this oh yeah I feel like this scene it needs a movie needs a camera and you need to cut in we need a shot of my bare asshole we need a shot of me with a fucking dagger I'm gonna put a fucking dagger <laughs> oh I love remember when he's like after this oh, okay well, let's talk about the epic sex scene. yes now yeah. we can talk about the, the sex and, and it's good that you brought up don't look now because yeah. that really 
introduced and, and shot and not shocked the world, but at least captivated the world, or at least cinephiles. Well, there was a did there, didn't they? Well, not even just they, that. Like when I first it. discovered the scene, um, it was lo- as a, as a way of the sort of like you're seeing something from the future, the past, the present, mm-hmm. all, and time yeah. is sort of like weaving, anchored on this very sensuous sex scene. Although, how sensuous can anything really be with Donald Sutherland? With Julie yeah. Christie, yes. He fucked Jane Fonda, I just learned that. I mean... They had an affair when they were Half of Hollywood fucked Jane Fonda, well, I feel like in her Hanoi Jane days. <laughs> well, yeah, and also, like, uh, Roger Vadim, like, Ugh. basically pimped her out. Well, he's French. That's her fault for marrying a Frenchman. <laughs> no offense, yeah. French. Um, Jane, if you're listening, you're a real one. I love you. But the did they or didn't they is very relevant because some of these thrustings... Like, the shower yeah. sex scene, it's clear that Trent is not inside of him. Yes, choreographed. You can smell the KY. I mean, yeah, I that's mean, not that's boy butter they use, <laughs> or just spit. They they corralled yeah, it up and use spit. Because yeah, like Jane, like he's in like he's like on his back in like happy baby pose, yeah, like with his you know knees up you know by his shoulders. Like yeah, this is happening. Just getting fucking railed. And he's like eyes are closed and he's in ecstasy by this twiggy guy and with a concave chest. Yeah, and I think that does that guy have Marfans or something? <laughs> no, it's it's an actual thing. Like, there's a lead singer of another band that gave me an ear problem, but he has that same issue. Yeah. So I'm very sensitive. Well, because I mean, we were also speculating on like between his... Troy Sivan has it too. Oh, but he has Marfan. No, he has more. I think one of the side effects of Marfan is a concave chest. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. sorry, Tim. You yeah, because so we were um, we we're speculating after the second uh, atrocious sex scene <laughs> that um, we're like. Why did why did he choose to cast a guy with a concave chest and a guy with horrible acne? Well, they're his ex boyfriends, right? Who or the fuck? Yeah. Like, do you think that he has people just flocking around that he can choose from? Yeah, that's, that people are coming. Well, that's that, ultimately <clears throat> what we decided. Yeah, it's <laughs> like it's his friends. Yeah, like, yeah, these are people that he has fucked before who we put in a movie. Who would do it? Who would simulate it with him yeah, again? Yeah, and and just the scene, but it's but much like Don't Look Now, you have a flashback of him having backney sex <laughs> with Trent, flash to the present of him having. Having se- and isn't the song sex. like really insane? Like I want to put it everywhere, I put it in you, put it in you, put it in you. It's yeah. like re- and it's long. Yeah, it goes right. on and on and on. And I feel as though the you know the implication because he seems to be bedeviled by his earlier relationship with Trent, which is why he keeps flashing back to it but when Trent he's fucking is Chase. Disgusting. I, Fuck boy. Yeah. Chase is an improvement. Do we also want to talk about the scene where Chase, who who I mean he's he's obvi- you know obviously gay, but there's a scene where he just decides to like he talks to the Jess, Trent's stepsister, and she thinks that he's hitting on her, so he goes, "Oh, don't worry." I'm like gay, but like really gay. But he's, and he's but he's never really acted like that. He's not doesn't really act quote unquote really gay, whatever that means. Right. He's like flamboyant. Yeah, yeah. or like. Well, yeah. he's no. Uh, but I guess he's he, no uh, he is, Zach Lawson. He is a yeah. mystical sort of manipulator. So maybe he's putting on that. That's a big theory I have now. <gasps> he's not actually gay. Oh, if this okay. was a BuzzFeed article, it would be like Z- Z- Chase's motivations explained. I want to see <laughs> a BuzzFeed article with a bunch of gifts from this movie. <laughs> Just make it ourselves and make a billion dollars. By the way, I can't. I can't stress enough. Um, the violent reaction that I had when I realized I was looking at the director's erect penis. Do we see it again in the scene. second scene too? Do we get a little bit of it when he lines down I, on the bed? Yeah, we saw, we, we saw a cock in the second. Because that's bold. But yeah. like in the in the the shower We've sex been one, by that I can think point. of a movie I've seen the director have his own penis in it. Joe yeah, Swanberg in a mumblecore movie. <laughs> I think it, is it Hannah takes the stairs? I don't know if it has what's but, her name. But did he have a chub? He oh, masturbates in the shower until he comes. Oh well, don't you see? Uh, you, you see Vincent Gallo's penis in the brown bunny. In brown bunny, yeah. and that's erect. But I've never, I've never watched brown bunny, so haha. <laughs> oh really? Somehow I saw it twice. I've seen the ending. <laughs> did I see? Did I, I couldn't have seen it twice. Did I see it with you? I didn't see it. You see it with Sean. <laughs> I saw it with someone else. All okay. right. I know uh, who I saw it with. Because there's there's no way that Sean isn't going to see a movie where Chloe Sevigny gives a blowjob. Yeah, I mean you'd be foolish <laughs> enough to. Right but you know what? I'll take this movie over Brown Bunny. Yeah. Right. Oh, well, yeah. One hundred percent. I feel as though um, 
Jada and Taylor is somehow less annoying than Vince Gallo. He doesn't annoy me in any way. <laughs> Honestly, in no irony, he enchants me. He would, invites me to he, see to go on the ride with him. For someone who is as um, high strung as he is, he does not come off as pretentious. I do have to give no. him some credit no. though. Okay. In his personal life, mm-hmm. he will perform in nothing but a jockstrap jock and an overcoat, doing his own insane mind poison. Cover of Bad Romance and what he's doing, calling it HD stripping. Why it's HD because the video quality was not good, but he puts himself out there. I'll give him credit where credit is due. Yeah, Yeah, he can actually dance, and there's something to be said. It remains to be seen if um, Jaden Taylor will take the James Nguyen route and get worse as he works on his craft. Yeah, because Birdemic 2 is garbage. That yeah. is who we're talking about. Yeah, okay. because second, if you look right? at if you look at James I mean, Nguyen's films, like for example, one. Uh, well, if you look at um, Replica and oh, Julian Jack, those movies have coherent stories. Birdemic is well, but yeah. even with Birdemic too, it's like when when these guys who aren't good filmmakers figure out like, oh, people think this is funny. Just because yeah. they're bad at making serious movies, doesn't they're going to be worse at making comedy. Oh, yeah. Which is always the pitfall. They think, oh, people thought it was funny. Let me be funny. And I remember Tommy Wiseau had that like trailer out for his comedy movie, which was oh, not yeah. funny. Was Neighbors yeah. or something? Yeah, something like because that, for yeah. whatever reason, um, bad comedy is just an order of magnitude worse than bad, bad drama. Bad comedy, it, like bad drama. I will take a bad drama over a good comedy many <laughs> often. <laughs> But but because well, a bad drama is still funny because it's the earn because like p- people trying to be funny and not succeeding is just cringeworthy. Yeah, you feel bad. But yeah. people trying to do drama and failing epically, there is something of merit to that. And honestly, if I were working in the Library of Congress, I would no joke push to preserve this. <laughs> oh yeah, because we're, we're writing yeah. we're writing form letters right now. Yeah. Well, part of it too is because like if we wanted to talk more about um, what makes sincere inept work so hilarious is that it really is giving you a better picture into the um, a, a better window into the mind of the creator it's a very intimate experience yeah. actually because it's like whoa I am seeing this person's fantasy unfolding and their like perception of f- movies yeah <laughs> through the un- it's like outside it's funny because when I had seen the movie I had just been to LACMA and they had an amazing outsider art exhibit there was darger but the stuff beyond darger that was also just like it was like amazing i uh it was oh speaking of which after they've had the amazing sex scene Mm -hmm. uh uh, chase wakes up and he looks up at zach and he goes were you watching me sleep and and uh and he goes how did i look and zach goes you looked adorable and then he goes i just want to watch lay in bed and have sex and he goes uh Oh, I think I think Jaden's like Zach. Uh, Chase goes like, "How was last night? Last night was amazing." That's the way, <laughs> and it's just like that delivery. I had to get that in there because that's just a the, highlight. Yeah, the, the Swedish chef cadence is oh, what makes it's it. It's just his. Deli- it's like you can, how like it's just amazing. But yeah, the outsider art I had it seen just is amazing. I think that same day that I saw the movie, we had seen I had seen the outsider art exhibit that day, and then I went home and saw it. I'm like, oh my god. The whole premise, the whole thesis behind the outsider art exhibit, according to these highfalutin curators, mm-hmm. was, you know, these techniques were done by untrained people, completely by happenstance, by accident, that were then later appropriated by the avant-garde and used and made, profited off of. And I would love to do that with this. I really, there are techniques that I want to <laughs> steal so bad from him. So, Jaden, if you are listening to this, or Tyler, or Peyton, or whatever na- your name is, just know... That your work has inspired people, <laughs> honestly and truly. Like, you have somehow stumbled onto magic. Yeah, and he really encapsulates a thing that we hope to achieve with the podcast, which is bringing singular works to a bigger audience. This, 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 I would, like, I'm sick of the room. Yeah. Oh, well, I've seen the room, like, 47 times. Tim and I did a commentary for Yeah, it. I mean, yeah. it's great. Don't get me wrong. It's amazing. Yeah. But, like, and actually, I shouldn't say I'm sick of the room because I've only seen it once and I loved it. I'm sick of the hoopla around it, I guess. But, yeah. like, Showgirls. Love Showgirls. Oh, yeah. Seen that movie 40, 50 times. However, when people are like, oh, it's so amazing. Yeah, like, come on. It's been around since 1994? Six. Six. Whatever. Yeah. Still. Yeah, it's really more that it... It isn't that you're sick of it, it's that it's played out. It's now, it's so much a thing. It takes on its own life. It becomes its own thing. And it is amazing. 
But like it also it's just different. Like this this is like an undiscovered this is this is filmmaking at its purest. Yes. Because Paul Verhoeven can make an amazing movie, as you've we've covered. Yes, we we've. have. Flesh and Blood, episode twelve, I think. I don't know. Here I am <laughs> on my first podcast acting like I know what I'm talking about. But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he knows how to do it. It's just like that's like that's like Showgirls is a case of they had their heads so far up their asses thinking they were making one thing that they didn't see the forest for the trees. And that may be the case with this, but there's no budget. There's no training. This is just. Yeah. It's that same like lack of self-awareness that really uh, when someone is not self-aware they in a way they kind of let their guard down and you see the real them. you see the real them unfettered which speaking of which we should talk about the music video that closes it out yeah which to me is like gay david lynch with no money <laughs> it's got the red room it's got weird lightning effects for no yeah, reason it's kind of like the scene where they go to the club and firewalk with me yes and she yes. gets eaten out under the table the song is called romeo and romeo and the Julia, audio will Juliet. also break your yeah. your it's ins- it's insane right. oh yeah. right it's very similar except one knows absolutely what they're doing and the other <laughs> one has stumbled on it but he does ballet moves mixed with pop he has jeans that are ripped up the front that go all the way up to could you call it a waistband in, in jeans? Yeah, Up to the, I guess. Yeah. yeah, it's not a band, I guess. The waist closure, the waistline, the waist. yeah. And it is just—they're barely even jeans at that point. Yeah, I have a pair of jeans like that that I love so much and have patched. It seems like hundreds of times at this oh. point, even though the fabric itself uh-huh. is it frayed has cease to have any integrity it's probably gossamer at this point it's beautiful so luxurious on the skin now if i were to dance in those jeans i would end up looking like you'd have your ass but listen why patch it up do as jade what wwjd yeah like let it let it it hang out let it be raw yes let the world see what you've got both with your dance moves yeah. and what's behind those jeans. And your erect <laughs> penis in a shower. Erect <laughs> penis in a shower. I will definitely show my erect penis in a movie. Yeah. I, there's, yeah. I, just, I still can't believe there's closing credits for the movie and then closing credits for the music video, as if they're separate entities because they are played back to back. So again, to evoke Gaspar Noe, it's real Noe approach where it's yeah. like, I'll just yeah. fucking put the credits wherever. I don't give yeah. a shit. And it's, is it that Probably same font? It's a do. different font, I think, at the end. But he does, he does that favorite thing that, that novice filmmakers do, <coughs> credit themselves yeah. many Constantly, times. Yeah. yeah, which we talked about in the Return of the Ghostbusters episode, which is Craft Services by me, edited yeah. by me, directed by me. And you know what? I know people who have been guilty of that. They learn from it. They stop <laughs> doing it anymore. <clears throat> Entire production supervised by That's the, yeah. Okay, great, and you know what? Yeah. Don't, like, don't change. Let the world know what the work you've put in. Let, let yourself get credited. <laughs> I mean, this was a massive undertaking. It must have been. I wonder how long it even took to shoot. You think it was like a like a dead alive? (laughs) It took like five years just be. I don't think so because their their hair their style. Well, Sherry the mother, her style changes often. We can probably base that on the costume changes because it would have just been whatever they were wearing. Yeah. It could be like, you know, five or six days of shooting or five or six weeks, depending on when everyone had their Saturday off. Does Jaden slash Zach sport a vest with no shirt at one point? I think he does. I feel like he does. He does do a vest with a white beater and a tie. (laughs) In a little homage to Diane And then he has an abandoned school bus parked outside of his trailer, right? Which is never addressed. Never explained. Yeah. Yeah. Much like the the phantom nuns. The weird handmaid tail nuns. Never addressed. And that's it. He just trusts the audience to know. Techniques I've seen uh, David Lynch do. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, he, you know, he doesn't talk down to us. He no, doesn't try and spoon feed us. Anything. He lets you make your own interpretation. Yeah, <coughs> and creates a. It's like alchemy. Yeah. So what's really so compelling about it is that you know, there there is a riddle there that you're invited to. As Jodorowsky said in the Holy Mountain, the, the goal of alchemy is to turn shit to gold. And I think that he has achieved that (laughs) and to him I think it was always gold if not platinum yeah yeah platinum like and if I'm gonna if I'm gonna have to experience shit let it be gold yeah (laughs) I agree that he has shit gold I mean literally shit gold (laughs) which is a a plot point of a um, I believe of a Jacques Demy film based on a, a fairy tale called donkey skin 
Oh yeah, the, with the Catherine Shit's a golden egg. It's that's a weird. I don't know. We shouldn't be talking about that and to, to overshadow someone else's movie. But that's a weird movie that takes place in fairy tale times. Yet the king enters at one point in a helicopter. <laughs> oh, so that's a baller like, move. It's a little bit like the devils, Ugh. where it's like a little bit anachronistic. Yeah, not not, not to this level. Though. Yeah. Not like there's no. Well, ta- oh, is there tanks in the end? No. No, no but um, the set design is not. Derek Jarman, speaking medieval. of which. Yeah. Did those sets. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of got a bit more of a modern. Yeah. But like modern medieval, yeah. which is hot right now. Well, as uh, our guest Mike Rosen explained on the last episode, which was Haxon, um, what people refer to the medieval period is actually the modern period. Like, I think after uh, 14 or 1500, I forget. 1400, we were already getting a renaissance at that point. Yeah. Medieval's what, like... 10, 10 through, yeah. through 13s. <laughs> yeah. Mike, if you're listening, write in. <laughs> now, is there anything else that we would like to say about Romeo or Romeo and Romeo? Or my Norman. LGBTQ film? <laughs> <laughs> that's Is that the file name that's, on his I, computer? I, I, well, that's what it's on. <laughs> well, he does a, his, his uh, YouTube uh, channel is fasc- fascinating because he'll put photos of like like gay erotica to lure you in. Mm-hmm. Yes, because the on this, which is the the film itself, the unrated cut, which is on YouTube, is uh, is titled parenthetically unrated, and then 2019 full gay movie Romeo and Romeo watch free now LGBTQ director's cut. This is like a Pornhub title. <laughs> totally, it's absolutely the, like or a Russian yeah know, thing. The, the thumbnail is not the actors. No. Huh. <laughs> so don't be fooled. But what you get is better than the thumbnail. Trust us. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can go to fucking Pornhub any day and see. Yeah. And the music's not better than that. <laughs> <laughs> Darren, why don't you take us out with a cut from... Uh... <laughs> it's almost like a, like a sort of Cohen... <laughs> It's like a it's like a dirge almost. Yeah. It's like Animal Collective or something. Not to show my hipsterness. No. Yeah, I feel like I want to real past that. I want to eat some peyote <laughs> buds and just like trance oh out God. on yeah Jaden Taylor music. Well, yeah, you could. <laughs> I mean, I think you might have a disassociated episode, and you might stab like somebody. That. Just make sure you uh, are wearing padded clothes or by yourself. <laughs> yeah. You just like wave the knife around and then just <clears throat> be sure and sheath it before someone gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> or just sitting dull your, all your knives. Yeah. Wear wear armor. Sit in your trailer park kitchen and just like sulk and. But wa- watch and, this movie. Yeah. A hundred percent. You will have the, you will have the time of your life and you won't regret it. Yeah. It will bring you such joy. Yeah. This is. This movie is an experience of which very few come along. It, it is. It is a the room. It is a things. Yeah. Your I, I have searched. I have wanted a bad movie like this to come along to really blow me away. Because when people are like, oh, you gotta watch this, I nine times out of ten, I'm like, this is just bad. Because most bad movies have like one or two good moments in them, and then the rest is just like terrible. You know what it's yeah. like? It's. Have you seen? Um, have you seen? Did you see that, um, of all things, um, oh God, now I forgot the title of the movie. The Brad Pitt movie where he plays Death. Oh, Micho Black. Black. Absolutely. It oh was my God. Tr- that was trending on Twitter a couple of days ago. Because of the Jamaican ago. scene? No, the scene where like he and, accident? yeah, he and Claire Forlani are like walking away from each other and then they keep looking back and then they walk well, on. Well, Sean loves that back. scene. Yeah. And then next thing you know, Brad Pitt is stopped in the middle of the street. He looks back and then he bounces off two cars. Yeah. That's what it, because to, honestly, when he, when that Jamaican woman is dying in the hospital and he goes into like Jamaican brogue, oh, what you doing dying on me here? And like, he goes full on in it. Like it is, have you guys seen it? No. Just that scene. That is better than the scene you just described. <laughs> it's also for some reason a three hour movie. It's like when Adrian Brody went on SNL and he did the Rasta <sighs> accent. And that movie was directed by Martin Brest, who mm-hmm. went on to make Gili. And, and the rest mm. is history. Yeah, you know what? Wow. Speaking of bad movies. Blake told me that Meet Joe Black was a really good movie. Well, 
Oh, I recommend watching it. I'm tempted to rewatch me. I watched it on HBO once, not the whole thing because yeah, I can't sit three hours. Yeah, yeah, but it's powerful. We'll just watch it in hour chunks. Yeah, <laughs> watch but it yeah. like the um, uh, War and Peace. You know, uh, mm-hmm. what exactly quadrilogy, Jen. <laughs> this is the, but this oh my is, god it's a fucking tetralogy, tetralogy. what the fuck get your fucking terminology straight what the fuck but yeah do yourself a favor watch it, is it. amazing this does it's amazing this this movie comes on like it's, it's a rare it's rare a rare cut that almost was buried and lost forever I mean the editing alone is just a master class it's all of it like the sound design I don't know if we've really gone into how bad the sound design is, <laughs> but it's so good. It, it really just, everything coalesces into becoming an avant-garde masterpiece. That's the thing that... Yeah, trying to understand, like, what uh, their motivation was in making each of these decisions. Realizing that there was, it's, you know, it's the, the blind watchmaker or something. <laughs> yeah. It's like, there is no reasoning behind well, it. Well, and I was going to make a point... It's a blind idiot god. <laughs> I was going to make a point about, that's a very common thing in bad Z-grade filmmaking is poor sound quality mm-hmm. well, of course. and design. Because no one considers that sound is really the most important. Sound is yeah. very fucking important and very hard to do. Yeah, not, of course. Not that I would know anything about Well, it's, uh, mm-hmm. something I will say is I've seen exhibits where there's like, I, the one my pet peeves when I'm at a museum is when they do video art. It's poorly made. It looks like it's shot on terrible cameras. The acting's terrible, and I don't really get like what like this is art in what way because it's so poorly made. Well, also, a gallery is not the right venue for showing video art. I mean, like anything with a narrative, sure. But there's this yeah. one thing that it had like a whole like just, it was terrible, and I was just like, if this was in that art space people would be like oh my god yeah and like what they'd be talking about it's like otherness and it's relationship to queer cinema and they would but because it's this like, is the new new queer cinema. this is it you heard it here this is it well tim you're a proponent of video art and you have seen video art that has captivated you yeah i believe yeah well yeah like that oh god i can't even remember the name of it but um, it was a 24-hour piece? Yeah, yeah. It was a 24-hour yeah. movie that is, you know, it's shown in real time, which is any time that, whatever time it is, that's the time that you're seeing. So if I... This I'm, is different to the Andy Warhol 24-hour movie? Yeah, this is this is recent because it's all clips from different movies. Like, if it's a guy says, okay, I'll be there in 20 minutes, you're going to see footage of, you know, other things happening at that time, 20 minutes is going to go by and then that guy is going to arrive where mm-hmm. he said he did. <laughs> and it, it's this whole, um, uh, like, meta-narrative, I guess, um, that is just events happening in real time such that, you know, I saw it from, like, you know, 5.46 to, like, you know, 7.30 or something. Wow, it really did ca- catch your eye. I wanted did to you? stay there and watch the entire thing. <laughs> like, the pacing was, like, unrelenting. It Like, every time something happened, I'm like, that is fascinating. I can't wait for this. I'm, uh, you know, I'm amazed to see that. And not only that, but all these other movies that it's drawing from. You see all these cool, like, you know, clips from stuff that maybe you know it and maybe you don't, but... You know, it'll always feature in, and you know, someone looking at his watch, and it just it changed from you know six from five fifty nine to six o'clock, and you're like, and then you look at your watch, and it's six o'clock. It's 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 a it's an amazing experience. Yeah, like um, didn't they claim that twenty four was real time? The show? Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. Well, to, each, each episode was an but hour it could it couldn't be because you know you don't, he, they didn't take like three hours to get across Los Angeles mm-hmm. for yeah. example yeah I want to see that episode where like you know Jack Bauer's in traffic <laughs> right 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 <laughs> yeah I mean there's some video I've seen video art that's great like I, it exists yeah. it's just there's there's a certain it's a pet peeve of mine that because it's in a gallery you can get away with like not knowing how to shoot Mm-hmm. not using good equipment and not knowing how to act or do sound or put together anything that's interesting to watch but it's art so it's fine yeah because I don't think I mean also this was presented in a theater it wasn't like in a gallery where you're like walking around looking at paintings and you hear sound echoing somewhere sure yeah because I, I would imagine that the Venn diagram of you know people who do video art and people with professional knowledge of filmmaking is those circles don't meet sure. at all sure <laughs> well I just think it's a tragedy that a movie like Romeo and Romeo which brings such joy. Yes. And uses techniques yeah. unlike any I've ever seen to create a film language from the future. 
we cannot recommend this strongly enough. We're so happy that it's on YouTube. For free. Thank you, Jaden Taylor. Yeah. Because so I wanted to do this. Unrated 2019 gay, <laughs> you know, cinema. Erect Romeo, penis Romeo. Yeah. profile shower. Hashtag Romeo ampersand Romeo. Hashtag back me. <clears throat> uh, hashtag <clears throat> go fuck yourself. Yeah. Hashtag. It's back me almost like, what is that? Like, um, not phobia of like seeing things that are porous. Oh, trypophobia. Trypophobia. That's yeah. what his, his oh, complexion oh. is like. Ugh. Yeah. Dr. Pimple Popper. It is, a, <laughs> it is a sensuous experience, this movie. You will not forget it. Is there anything else we want to say about Romeo, a.k.a. Romeo and Romeo? Stick through those Romeo. first poorly mastered ten, ten minutes, because it, it gets better. Watch it with friends. You will not be disappointed. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the ideal way. Hey, watch it by yourself. You might be like, what? But when everyone's there and just the energy, it's electric. Yeah. This is this this is one that you're gonna to want to watch with friends over and over again. For the ages. Yes. Mm-hmm.